morning, Chimmy Faith Center, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Being a godly dad is one of the best ways that you can share what the gospel is all about. And I was thinking about Father's Day and how sometimes Father's Day can be a bit of a hard day for people, whether you didn't have a good relationship with your earthly dad or you don't have a good relationship with some of your children. It can be painful for some of us. And I was reminded of a scripture in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 that says this, See how very much our Father loves us for he calls us his children and that is what we are. And so isn't that amazing that God reveals himself to us as a good, good father. And so we're thankful to, to God for that. And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Thank you for all that you do to lead your families and to love your children. Well, I wanted to remind you of our in-person gatherings are starting again on June 28th at 8.30 and 11 at Cheney Faith Center. Pastor Mark did a really great video about that that is available on our YouTube or also on our website. So if you missed some of those details, go and check that out. Also, we wanna allow some time for a digital greeting. I love this. I oftentimes send greetings to many people. Sometimes I need longer than the amount of time that's put on the screen for us to do a greeting. But the thing is, I have, don't think I've ever gotten one digital greeting back. Hint, hint. So let's just take a minute and grab your cell phone, look through your contacts and see who you've been missing at church over these past few months and send them a quick greeting. Ladies, I have something really fun that I want to invite you to. The sanctuary is meeting in person the fourth Friday of June, June 26th at 7 p.m. at Jeannie Faith Center in the parking lot. We are having what we are calling a Focus on Jesus worship night. We just thought it would be a really great way as we are owning our own faith individually, we thought it'd be so awesome to come together as women corporately to focus on Jesus and to realign our focus on him. So that's gonna be Friday, June 26th in the parking lot at Cheney Faith Center. Everything will be socially distanced. We are asking you to wear your masks. We're gonna have a really wonderful time of worship and an opportunity for us to just corporately get our focus on Jesus and, and praise him and worship him together. We're gonna share a couple brief testimonies and just have a great time to get back together in this format. And so we invite you to come to that. And also we invite you to um, invite a friend. The thing is, it'll be in the church parking lot. So we're gonna ask you to park on the street. So parking might be a little bit limited. So I encourage you to ride with another family member or for someone to drop you off, or if you're within walking distance to even get some exercise and walk on over to Cheney Faith Center. That's this Friday night, June 26th at Cheney Face Center, 7 p.m. I'm really looking forward to seeing you, but more importantly, I'm looking forward to worshiping Jesus with you. Well, at this time, we have the opportunity to worship together. And so would you join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts? 
Thank you, God, for today. Each new day, we're just so grateful for the life that you give us and for the health and the strength that you give us for your provision. And Lord, as we head into this time of worship, I pray that our hearts would connect with your heart, that you would allow us to let praise roll off our lips, to um, honor and glorify you for who you are. You are a good God. You are a good, good Father. And we pray that you would receive our praise now in Jesus' name. Good morning again, Cheney Faith Center. I'm glad to be worshiping with you. And I thought it'd be fun to do a little interactive worship this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're watching this. And um, maybe you can whistle, just a little something like that. So I'm going to have you guys whistle with me on this first part to the song, Greatly to be praised. So can you whistle like this? that, right? Something like that, you know, just kind of make it up a little bit, but I'm going to try to whistle as we sing this song in the intro parts, uh, just to kind of have a fun little new twist to worship, right? It's almost hard to whistle while you're smiling. I will say that. It's almost impossible, but hey, we'll go with it. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. Sing of sweet salvation. Morning to night and day to day.
God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great. Our God is great. Amen. Let's sing that verse one one more time. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Lift up his name with joyful praise. Sing of his sweet salvation. Morning to night and day to day. Amen, amen. Isn't that good? Sing this out. The way of the truth. You are.
That's us saying, yeah, amen to that, right? So even with your kids or your roommates or whatever you're watching this, just right now to say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Amen. We have a few more songs. I'm going to switch my song sheets here. Um, but it's, it's a new song that my brother introduced to me um, this last week. And um, man, just the words in it are powerful just really based out of essentially Philippians chapter 4, which is about anxiousness, anxiety, worry, all those things, and it's a song by Elevation, but um, the chorus just really kind of gives us that call of what to do in those times of worry and anxiousness, which I think we can all say this has been a time of that for a lot of us. This has been a season of worry and anxiousness, and, and the chorus simply says this, says, I will look up, for there is none above you. I will bow down and tell you that I need you. Jesus, Lord of all, Jesus, Lord of all. Then it says, I will look back and see that you are faithful. I will look ahead, believing you are able. Jesus, Lord of all. Um, powerful declarations right there in those words. Um, I love that. You know, I will look ahead, believing you are able, because our God is able. Amen. So let's sing this song out um, this morning. Um, just these words. All the worries of this world I will lay them at your feet And surrender every anxious thought For perfect peace For perfect peace All the loved ones I hold My hopes and dreams and all my fears I choose to trust your name in everything everything in everything oh, I will look up for there is none above you I will bow down to tell you I will look up I will look up 
peace Perfect healer Is all my life All my cares are on you King of kings Mighty Savior Is all my life All my cares are on you Prince of peace scripture up right now just for us just to meditate on for a quick second it's going to be in Philippians chapter 4 where Paul is talking about this that we cast our cares on the Lord so just take a moment to read through that to pray over that let that just let the word of God speak over you right now whatever situation you're going through the worry and anxiety that you have God knows that and God wants you to cast that on to him because he is perfect read that out. Perfect in all of your ways. 
Jesus, you are a good Father. You are perfect in all your ways, Lord. So Jesus, right now in this moment, we submit to you. We just sing, I will bow down to tell you that I need you. So God, we need you in every moment, every day. So God, speak to us right now. Give us direction. Give us your perfect peace. Lord, we pray for those who are going through a hard time, Jesus. God, right now in this moment, Holy Spirit, would you just remind them of your presence. Remind them of your ways. Remind them of your peace. Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory today and forever. Open our hearts and our minds to receive from your word so that not only do we grow in love with you, but we grow in love for others, to love others and to show them your ways. So Jesus, pray us all in your mighty name. Amen. Each year, our church takes part in Life Services Mother's Day Baby Bottle Campaign to raise awareness about the value of life, and at the same time, we raise support for Life Services. And Life Services, you'll remember, is a local Christian ministry dedicated to bringing hope and support to those facing or have faced an unplanned pregnancy. Now, through their My Choice Medical Clinic, their maternity home, host home network, and the new fatherhood program, they are truly making a difference here in Spokane, and we'd like to help them with that. Due to COVID-19, Life Services has reimagined their baby bottle campaign into an online format. Their online baby bottle campaign launches Monday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. Now this particular campaign is Life Services' first ever fatherhood edition. During their launch, you will get to see their new fatherhood headquarters, meet their new fatherhood director, and hear how their fatherhood program can actually decrease the perceived need for abortion in our community. So please visit lifeservices.org or Life Services Facebook page for more information. You'll see that on the screen as well. And plan to join them Monday evening to take part in their dad joke competition. I know some of you are good at dad jokes, so that'd be great. And 
They're pick, and you can pick up your virtual baby bottle to support life services. Hope you'll join them June 22nd, 6 p.m. Thanks a lot. Well, hello everyone, and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Welcome to Cheney Faith Center's online service, and I hope you're watching sometime during the day. Well, we have uh, a treat for you whenever you're watching. I'm really excited. Um, during this season of quarantine, we've, we've had lots more time with our families, and this has been great because it's been bringing us back to really the heart of what God has for us as people, just making the family number one in our lives and in our culture, and that's super important. Well, today in our series, Christ Over Corona, we're talking about how the virus is teaching us about family discipleship. And because it's Father's Day, I've invited several dads to talk about family discipleship with us because it's so important for us as dads, as a, just the a spiritual leader of our home. Uh, as we do that, we also recognize that moms, you do a lot of family discipleship too. And that's important for both of you, mom and dad, to be doing family discipleship. And even some of you are single parents and you're doing that discipleship on your own. What we really want to concentrate on today is that family discipleship is huge. It's super important. It's vital in our walk with Christ and in our families and what we do for the next generation. And so today, um, I've invited some people to be at the table with me. So this is Conrad Martin and Matt Brown and Dean Bitts, and I'm excited that they're here. They're gonna share some things that they've learned about family discipleship along the way, and we're gonna dialogue about that, about its importance, some, some practical ideas that they've learned, and some challenges along the way. So we're gonna start with them just giving a quick hi. So um, Conrad, why don't you just kinda Talk to us for a minute. Tell us how long you've been married, the ages of your kids, their names. Uh, let's just start with a little intro. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Conrad, if I don't know you. Uh, I've been married to Elsa for 11 years. We have a daughter, Ameline, who is five, and a son, Burke, who is two and a half. Great. And um, my name's Matt Brown, and uh, Jamie and I have been married for 21 years, and we have uh, four kids. Amelia is 17, Silas is 15, Macy is 13, and Carly is 10. Yeah, hi, my name is Dean, and, and Debbie and I have been married for 31 years, and we have two boys. Uh, Matthew will be 26 uh, this summer, and Peter's 24. Awesome. Well, it's awesome to have kids, and we're going to talk about that. Why don't we begin with just a quick word of prayer? So, Lord, thanks for today. Thanks for what you're doing in us. Thanks for what you're doing in our church. Thank you that you're helping us to creatively connect, to own our faith, and to contend in prayer. I pray that this moment right now would be just a Holy Spirit moment, that we would all realize that it's up to each of us to be disciplers, that you called us and you told us to make disciples. And that starts with our family and it extends all the way to the ends of the earth. And so, Lord, would you help us to learn some really important things today on this panel. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, well, let me, let me start with a, a quick verse. Uh, there's lots of verses in Scripture that help us understand why we need to disciple our kids and how important that is. But let me start at, uh, in a place in the Old Testament. I'm going to share an Old Testament verse and a New Testament verse with us in a little bit. But I'm going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is that moment where the, the people of Israel are coming out of Egypt and they're now beginning to learn uh, about God and about the Lord and how, how do we tell our kids about that? How do we teach them about God? And when we've not really known that ourselves, but now we need to talk to our kids about it. And here's something that Deuteronomy 6 said that's really a really important verse. It's starting in verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then verse 5, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You'll remember that verse. Jesus even quoted that as the greatest commandment, and to love your neighbors yourself. Um, but then, then it says this in verse 6. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. What an important thing. Um, so first of all, we need to remember that one of the biggest parts of discipleship is not just to have head knowledge, but this needs to be in our heart. Yeah. We know that when it's in our heart, it'll change our actions, it'll change the way we think, it'll change the way we respond to people, respond to life, respond to the world around us, and be like Jesus in this world. But then it goes on to give us a little bit of direction. Verse 7 says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. I think we all sit at home, and during the quarantine, we've been sitting at home a lot, right? So here we are. Talk, talk to your kids about the things in God's Word. Then the next one. Um, and talk about them when you walk along the road. And we don't do a lot of that, but that would mean, you know, if we paraphrase it for today, talk about it when you're in the car with them. Talk about God's word when you're in the car with them. And then when you lie down and when you get up. I think a lot of us do stuff when our kids are going to bed, and a lot of us do stuff maybe when they first get up. And so here's this model of really impressing God's word upon our children, talking about it with them, and that's really what discipleship is, just being in a relationship with our kids and learning to help them love Jesus with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so we're going to talk about that. Well, let's jump in. I want to start asking some of you guys to talk a little bit. And we have a couple questions that we're going to get through, and I'm just excited about where this is going to go. But let's start with this one. Why don't we talk just for a minute about each of your guys' past? because um, you may or may not have been discipled well yourself. And so I'm wondering if you grew up in a home where your parents were intentional about discipleship with you, or was it more flexible? Was it more um, just kind of impressed upon you as you did life? And how did that work or, or how was the gospel stressed to you? So why don't each of you share just for a minute how it worked in your own home when you grew up? So Conrad, why don't you start? Yeah, I'd say it was more flexible. I don't remember very many structured times, but uh, my family was awesome. We grew up going to church. That was a priority. And I think mostly what my parents did well was model it, um, what it meant to live for Jesus, uh, spending time in the Word. We prayed together, uh, just the way they treated people. Um, it just makes me want to be a, a model and godly example for my own kids, too. So. Good, good. For me, we uh, we started going to church when I was like four or five, um, so I mostly grew up in a Christian home. Um, at first, I didn't think that my parents were intentional about it, but as I think back now, I'm kind of thinking they actually were somewhat intentional. You know, we went through, my dad would read us like the 
picture Bible storybook you know, that was from the 70s or 80s to us every night. Um, he prayed with us regularly. And, and then they had put us into a, a Christian home or a Christian school and uh, in a program like Royal Rangers where we were doing lots of scripture memory and then would work with us on memorizing that stuff so that we could go back to, to school or, or get our badges for for the, uh, the program and just things like that. And then uh, I also remember a lot of um, kind of lead by example type of things where you know, my dad often would pick up hitchhikers and start witnessing to them. And so while it, it wasn't discipleship of sitting down teaching me something, he was modeling, um, you know, talking to someone about Jesus that that's the first time you met him, you know, and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So. Yeah. Um, for me, I grew up in a single parent home until I was nine. And then my mom married a man who was a pastor. So uh, I'm actually a a preacher's kid Um, but in our home uh, there wasn't attentional teaching either Uh, you know typically Christmas and Easter and then we'd have Sunday school but in the home there wasn't anything intentional Um, really as I observe them even today it's their their experience with God is more contemplative um, mystical through prayer but none of that was was shared you know, where discipleship is more based on relationship, we didn't have a lot of relationship in our family. So that's something that Debbie and I wanted to change with our family. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, let's talk for a minute also about about that moment in your life where you, you realized that discipling your kids needed to be a priority for you. That, and, and maybe just talk through that for a moment and and how you got to that place. I, I think for me, it, it probably wasn't a specific moment, um, but as they were toddlers, Jamie and I spent a lot of time just kind of talking through what we were gonna do and, and how we were gonna raise them. Um, and, and there was a lot of opportunities or, or times throughout uh, the 17 years as being a dad where I felt the Lord prompting me that, hey, you need to be discipling them in this area or you should be doing this. or or I would see some other dad doing something that um, it's like, oh wow, uh, that's I should be doing that, and, and so there was a, just a lot of kind of culmination of things throughout the years. I don't know that it, I think it was always part of my thought process of, you know, I'm discipling myself in a way of, you know, spending time in the Word and in Scripture, and so uh, to me that kind of went right along with with how you raise your kids. Yeah. I would also agree I didn't have a particular moment, but I think I realized that that was going to be important before they were born even. Um, I kind of really learned the importance of discipleship when I was in college. Uh, We've been leading a life team here at church since before my kids were born, and so they've always been coming to life team and just being a part of, you know, relational environments where we're trying to make disciples and at times our life team had more kids in it than adults yeah. and so just I think that's an important thing to realize that discipleship is not once you hit a certain step or once you're a certain age but you can un- disciple your own kids from before they were born even. yeah that's so, really good yeah that's really good well one of the things that is awesome about living in the United States is we are so blessed to have so many awesome things that can help us that you, we would call like discipleship tools that we can have in our tool belt and um, that so many things that are available. So 
I know all of us do different things. Sometimes we do an all church thing, and then sometimes we're just individually family to family doing our own thing. But why don't um, each of you share um, what you're doing maybe now or something that you've done in the past that you felt like was just really helpful and a very helpful discipleship tool that worked well for your kids or, or something that you did that worked well with them. Connor, why don't you get us started with that? Just something that really you felt like really is working. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've got pretty young kids, and so for us it's simple. It's bedtime stories from the Jesus Storybook Bible or, uh, you know, praying before bed. Um, I think one thing that that in particular does, it, that Jesus Storybook Bible connects every story to Jesus, whether it's New Testament, Old Testament, and so... Um, that's awesome. Another book we found, whether it's not particular Bible book, but um, God's Very Good Idea uh, is one that we have kind of picked up recently with the racial issues going on. It just kind of talks about how everybody is part of God's family and how we should treat everyone with love. Um, we also um, just ask the question, what does this teach us about Jesus? Whether it's yeah. a specific situation or that's a verse a we question. read or um, just kind of whatever the context is. So um, Amelie is five and has her own kind of journal, and she has been journaling with Elsa, the U version verse of the day, uh, usually around breakfast time each morning, and she'll write the verse and then draw a little picture or journal a little bit about it. But, um, yeah, so those are just a few things that, that we're doing. Yeah. Say for us, you know, we've done a lot of different things over the years. Um, more recently, uh, we've been doing some U-version um, studies with the kids, so they all have their devices um, and kind of going through those. Uh, right now, we're going through a um, Francis Chan video study um, where we have some reading and then we watch a video on, and it's all on Mark. Um, and then uh, one of the things that I really liked that I've, I've done um, as I went through the the first Corinthians 13 uh, love verse with the kids and I did this each individually one-on-one -on -one, um, in the evenings over about like a three-week period and we would go through and, and just talk about a single attribute so like start first night love is kind and everybody would kind of memorize that which that one's easy we talk about what is kind you know what does that mean what does kindness mean and what, what does patience mean and then add that so that by the end of the three weeks, and we weren't able to do it every night because of busy schedules, but at the end of the three weeks, everybody had it memorized, and we had talked through um, what all of those different attributes, what they mean, and then even a little bit of how can we do that tomorrow, you know, or the next, through the next couple of days, and so that was a really, really good one that I actually would want to do it again. Uh, it was kind of in my plan, so. Yeah, that sounds like a great one. Yeah, it was, it worked really well. <laughs> Good. Yeah, when our when our boys were young, I actually bought brought some props today. Great. When our boys were young, we were um, really intentional, really in every stage of their life. the The children's Bible is is was a great um, great Bible for them to grow up with. Uh, um, one series that we used for the boys it's called God's Design for Sex, and in the Washington school system right now that's a big issue they're trying to decide well when should when should teachers begin to teach children inappropriate things about sex instead of the parents actually taking that responsibility 
And so this series uh, actually starts at the age of three, and there's four different books that, that um, take your children up to the age of 14. Uh, and then there's also a guide for parents. So this was one, one thing that we did um, at the appropriate ages with our boys um, that was really helpful. Another one we did as, as they got into middle school, um, we did um, Preparing for Adolescence by Dr. James Dobson. That was also another good one that, that talked about um, their relationship with the Lord and establishing that. And then as they got older into, into high school, um, there was a couple, um, Every Young Man's Battle and then Every Man's Battle that, that again, talked about just the, um, the sexual nature of, of men and, and how to honor God in that perspective. So those were some good tools that I was able to go through the boys with. Yeah, those are good tools. I know Kate and I did some things. Every summer we endeavored to do something really significant with our kids and when they weren't in school. And so we did a thing with the, the Bible B curriculum, and, and it's really great. It takes us a book of the Bible, and you go through it very in-depth, line by line, precept by precept, and study each verse and memorize some. And we did those every summer, and those were really good. And then I think another thing that we did that I think was helpful for our kids was the passport to purity, where you take them away on a special weekend. You go just with that, that one child, and you talk about sexual purity, and you talk about those things that God has for us and the desire that God wants us to, to wait till we're married and the special gift of virginity that we can give to our spouse and just how what a great gift that is and so there's lots of stuff out there I want to encourage you to just find something that works for you and for your family and um, let me share another verse with us this is this is a New Testament one this one is Luke chapter 6 and in Luke chapter 6 Jesus is talking about something really important here and he says in verse 46 why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Now we obviously know Jesus isn't really talking about construction here. He's talking about life. Like how, how do we build our lives so that we are people that can make it through tough things in life and can live life in, with God in, in the middle of hard things. And it's interesting, there's, there's something similar about the wise and foolish person, and there's something different. The thing that was similar is they both got to hear the word of God. So first of all, we recognize that all of us need to be hearing the word of God. We need to be processing it and learning it, but it needs to be in our ears. We need to be hearing it. That's part of discipleship and family discipleship. But what's really interesting is the wise person, Jesus says, put it into practice. So it became a part of their heart, a part of their thinking. It became a part of their life and now a part of their actions. Now they're putting God's word 
and into practice in their life. And that's what made their life strong and secure. And I think that's what we want for all our kids. We want their lives to, to last. We want their lives to be strong. We want them to be courageous individuals. And, and we want this for them. We want them to have a foundation that is strong and secure in Christ and in God and in his word. And so um, let's talk just for a minute about that and how we put those things into practice. So Conrad, you're a dad of younger kids, so it might be a little bit more challenging, but what are some things that you can think about that you do to help them like understand a biblical concept and then put it into practice? I think the first thing obviously is you gotta keep it simple. Right when they're little, it's not a half an hour study. It's a few minutes, you know, for the two-year-old of application based on the situation. Uh, we talk a lot about fruits of the spirit. Um, oh, no, you can't hit your sister, right? <laughs> you need to be gentle here. Or yeah. uh, using your words shows kindness and love, and uh, not just screaming, right? Or uh, oh, I can see you're frustrated about that situation uh the bible tells us we need to have self-control right so just just kind of meeting them on their level um i think also as they get a little older amelina is asked a ton of questions and so just taking opportunities to to answer questions with that that mindset of pointing her back to the word and the uh and the lord even something like a theme in a movie or whether we're seeing nature or even like big questions like death uh, or um, all kinds of different things. And so um, just relating the things that we're talking about back to God and his command to, to love others and love him. So mm-hmm. I think those are, those are some things. I think the biggest thing we try and do is just tie everything back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's here's why something is the way it is because of the fall and because of sin in the world and in our hearts or whether uh, we act this way because we're a part of God's kingdom and we're trying to bring restoration. And so that's just usually our big focus is bring it back to the gospel and focus on that, yeah. whatever the situation is. Yeah, that's, so, that's really good. Yeah. And Matt, you're, you're mostly a dad of teenagers. I know your youngest is still uh, yeah. in that probably elementary age, but you've got, you know, senior to elementary age, mostly middle school and high school now. Um, what are some of the things that you do that just helps them engage with Jesus, engage with God's word, and really begin to put things into practice as they're getting a little bit older? Well, I, I think it's still, you know, what Conrad said still really relevant that you got to keep it simple and, and short because we all have very limited attention spans nowadays. And so um, for me, I've got four kids. And so I think one-on-one type of opportunities work the best for us, um, where we we can actually have a little bit more in-depth conversations, um, and they seem to open up more late into the evenings, um, which doesn't work that great for me when I want to go to bed. But it's uh, <laughs> something I gotta we gotta do. Um, but really, I'd say keeping it short and relevant and and authentic, right? So that um, you, you need to be willing to live what you're teaching. Because if you're not living it, then they see right through it. And uh, I think that's what really impacts uh, impacts them. So just having the ability to, um, like even this week, I made some mistakes. And my wife ma- mentioned, hey, you need to, uh, you got some apologizing to do. And so going in and 
giving those apologies, you know, apologizing and, and setting it right and kind of leading that through an example of um, you could hide this and just say that I'm the parent and it's okay, but it's not. And so um, yeah. being authentic with them, I think, really helps. That's huge. Yeah, and Dean, now, now you have boys. We want to say out of your home, but it's almost out of your <laughs> home, right? Because one of your right. older ones is still still in the home, and that's great. And I know you love him being there, but pretty soon he'll be out, I think. Um, what's one of the things that you did that you feel like really worked for your boys that helped them become men of God and really learn how to own their faith personally? Yeah, there are actually a couple of things. So one of the things that I used really for my own resource and these kind of go together was a book uh, called Raising a Bonner Day Night and I think what I what what I learned from that is to to find reasons to celebrate with them um, and so that even even today with the boys being older we're still looking for opportunities to celebrate with them um, uh, whatever that might be but one of the one of the things that i did so um coming from this when the boys were 13 um, i was able to take them alone by themselves and i gave them purity rings and and that was a they'll both um, remember um, that time was was important to them and then that led up to taking them through this series when they were in high school um, as seniors I took them through the quest for authentic manhood. And just like you were talking about, Mark, it, it really talked about four different um, relationships as the warrior, um, being courageous, um, loving the Lord. Um, but it's a great, uh, was a great series to them, and I know they, they remember that. And then another one it was just Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Um, and they still they still remember this, and they still use that financial piece even today. They use it to to keep their budgets and and manage their finances. So those were two really important things that they carried with them today. From and I'll echo that my oldest right now through this COVID thing has been going through the Dave Ramsey for teens, um, just kind of getting ready to start learning how to handle budgets and stuff. And it's been it's been really good. And, I think that kind of leaves it. Not all of our discipleship is us sitting there yeah. doing it directly with them, mm-hmm. um, but it's guiding them to doing things like, like going through a program like that and stuff as well. Right. That's, that's great. Well, we've talked about some great things that worked and that have been working for you. Let's go the other direction for a minute. Let's talk about some things that didn't work. Um, Matt, you, you mentioned earlier it's, it's better for you to go one-on-one with your kids than doing a big group thing with your family. Uh, and I can remember so many times like that too, saying, hey, you know, this is going to be family discipleship night and we're going to study the word together. And instead of family discipleship night, it turned into, into family fight night. And, uh, it, you know, we were just mad at each other. And, and I know that was just the enemy trying to ruin a moment mm-hmm. with my kids. Yeah. Um, and to, to get to model things that we were already doing in life and talk about the word. But um, sometimes we just got to say, hey, here's some things that don't work. So let's talk about that for a minute. Dean, why don't you get us started? What's something that you can remember? This did not work. Uh, well, I know for me, um, the display of anger. Um, 
I know I'm not I'm not expressive anyway. Um, but even even today, when I see my boys, um, the majority of the time I greet them with a hug and and I love you or it's good to see you. Um, but even 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 today, every once in a while, when they're remembering something, they'll remember a time when I got angry with them, and that's not something that I'm proud of. Um, didn't help to build the relationship. So anger definitely. Um, doesn't work and also my silence um, silence didn't oh, yeah. work either silence yeah. um, for the boys seemed to when I seemed to um, indicate agreement and when the opposite was true if I if I didn't um, agree I got silent and so um, for me silence didn't work so uh, just finding a way to to express my disagreement in a, in a gentle and kind way, um, and always directing them back to the Lord. You know what what would God say about that? What does His Word say about that? Um, but definitely saying not not being silent and not being angry. Those two things didn't work well for me. Yeah. That's good. That really kind of leads into where, for me, you know, just being authentic. And um, so if you're not authentic, if you're not willing to live what you're teaching, um, they see right through that, and it's really hard to um, teach them anything or or have them willing to want to learn something that, like, well, you're not doing as you say, so why should I do it, right, type of thing. And so that and then, like you said, just I think big groups. So I, I love the idea of having full family Bible study, but... Um, it doesn't seem to work that well that often. We almost always get sidelined or I get upset, angry about it or something because somebody's goofing off. And so um, those kind of things, just I don't think they work that well. Or, or long studies. Um, I think we've kind of both echoed this, Conrad, earlier, just keeping it short and, and a, a relatable concept um, works a lot better than, than a big, long study. Yeah, I think... I'd kind of echo that. Don't try and force it. Don't try and do too much. Um, I think the other thing I would just say is don't try and do something that that doesn't work for you or for your kids or for Mm -hmm. your family Mm -hmm. because you heard somebody else was doing it or because you feel like you should be doing it a certain way. Like I would say find something that that works for you. Matt kind of alluded to this too. I would say don't try and do it alone, right? We've got to be in community and have other parents to work with yeah. uh, and bounce yeah. ideas off of and work, thing, work through issues. And um, whether that's in life team or other family members or whatever the case is, uh, or even through different curriculums and things, right, that, that it's not just on me to disciple my kids. It's on me and the community of people that, that love my kids also. Yeah, so. I was thinking earlier, I, I'm going to take – Dean out to breakfast, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> learn some things. Right. So. Learn some good things. But so I mean, that's true. something I've done in the past a, a number of times. Of seeing a dad that knows what he's doing, or at least appears like he knows what he's doing. Of, hey, let's go to breakfast, and I want to kind of learn what you're doing, and uh, yeah. and talk about it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you guys are right. Like one of the one of the things that's so important is authenticity. If we're not real, if we're if I'm not really following Jesus, then no matter what I do it's not going to work. And so each of us, you know, one of the things that Kate and I tried to do and teach a lot was we wanted our kids catching us doing things um, for Jesus and doing things like, 
I, I liked when my kids caught me early in the morning opening the word or in a time of prayer. And sometimes they'd come in the room and they'd see I'm in the middle of prayer or they'd hear me in the middle of prayer and they'd go, oh, oh, okay. No, it's okay. Come on in. Is there, is there anything I can pray for you? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's good when our kids catch us in those moments and they catch us like your dad yeah. picking up a hitchhiker and sharing the gospel with him. <laughs> Boy, how awesome is that? I mean, you get to see your dad in action. You know, what does it mean to share the gospel with somebody? That's really, really good. And so um, those are awesome things. And so some things that work and some things that don't work. Well, how about any final thoughts? Do you guys have any final thoughts, some things that you would just like to say, like maybe to encourage us um, as, as a congregation, encouraging a dad and a, and a mom or a single parent? Um, let's just put some of our final thoughts here. I would say um, don't get lost in good, good intentions, but uh, just get started. Do something. Um, start small and... Uh, you know, don't worry about putting together some huge curriculum. It's it's just really about day to day, to day yeah. um, sharing Jesus with your kids. Good. And I'd, ag I'd agree with that, Matt. Is it's never too late. Even if your kids don't say anything to you, they really desire a relationship with you. They want to spend time with you, and it's a, yeah. a great opportunity um, for you to share about the Lord, just like the verse in Deuteronomy. Um, it gives you an opportunity, and it, it can be anything, um, um, but always uh, directing them back to back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But as we talked about earlier, too, is, is your own relationship with the Lord is important, too. So how are you feeding yourself so that you can, you can feed your kids? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Obviously, you have to be connected to the Lord first. Um, I think this other thing I'd say is, just to let the Holy Spirit lead, let him work yeah. uh, moment to moment, day by day. You know, it's not our responsibility to save our kids or to make every decision for them right. or to, to, you know, do every single thing for them, but just to point them back to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit work um, and just take advantage of those moments, right? So those are a couple thoughts I had too. That's good. That's yeah. good. So thanks so much for just being here today and um, sharing your heart. And uh, I just want to encourage you, uh, do it. Go for it. And start discipling your kids and start jumping into the Word yourself and, and begin to be a disciple yourself and begin to make disciples in your own home and in, in the world around you and the influence around you. Um, let, let me give you something. One of the things we talked about quite a bit was just keeping it simple. So you may watch this and you're just like, how can I keep it simple? Let me, let me give you something that I think we've learned around here at church and um, is just, just ask two questions. And you can do this with almost everything in your life and in anything your kids are doing. Ask these two questions. Number one, what does God want me to know? Like as you're reading something in the Word or they're interacting in a situation in their life, number one, what does God want me to know right now? What does he want me to know about myself, about the world around me, about how I'm responding or how I should respond? What does God want me to know? And then second, how does God want me to live? Um, how does God want me to respond to my brother or sister, to my parents, to the world around me? Uh, so those are just two really easy discipleship questions. What does God want me to know? How does God want me to live? Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Hey, I want to highly encourage you to do your own discipleship. And we've got two great ones this week. One you can do with your family. 
and one you can do on your own if you don't have kids. But let me tell you about them really quick. They're both YouVersion Bible plans. The first one that you can do with your kids is a five-day plan for you and your kids, and it's called Power Traits of a Jesus Follower. So you can find that one, Power Traits of a Jesus Follower. You can find that one in the YouVersion app. And then the second one, if you want to do one without kids, um, is called Discipleship Tips, Keeping Christ Central. So those are our two YouVersion plans for this week. We hope you jump in and you'll do those in community with one another, either in a life team or a Zoom connection or just grab a couple people in our church or people you know and do one of the YouVersion Bible studies. It's a great way to be in discipleship together, to creatively connect, to own your own faith, and to just contend in prayer. Well, thanks for being with us today. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So did Kate and I. Have a great week.